Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Main Street UCI, the podcast that talks about all things Disney. I'm Jennifer. I am Zen and slightly loopy already. Uh-oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I, I'm Emily and I'm, I'm just, I'm all right. I'm not loopy yet. Maybe we'll see with this, with this episode, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's because today anything goes, so long as it's Disney. Yep, today we're gathering around the virtual water cooler again and talking about anything Disney-related that comes to mind. So I am going to start things off today with something we have not heard about recently um, because there's this pandemic thing going on and no one's talking about traveling. But do you remember at the beginning of the year, one of the biggest things everyone wanted to talk about was the Star Wars Hotel? Oh, yeah. Emily, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) Okay. So Disney decided what they wanted to do, and I think this is a fantastic concept, was they wanted to offer a space cruise. Okay. That's right. So the the equivalent, (laughs) instead of going on a boat cruise, what you would do is go on a space cruise. And now in real life what it was is it was a hotel um that was shaped like a spaceship and then once you entered it you couldn't leave and you actually had to board it just like a if you're going onto a, a ship and so they wanted to create a space cruise everyone would get onto this spaceship the space all the wind there's no real windows All the windows were big LCD screens. And so this spaceship would take off through space. And I guess the whole thing would shake a little bit into that type of stuff. And essentially, you would be on an intergalactic cruise. And all the cast members on board were different races of uh, whatever races in the Star Wars Wars races. Star Wars races. (laughs) And, And wasn't there some kind of mystery that goes on? It was almost like a dinner theater thing, too, that you could do. I think so. I think it was something where I know they they were trying to they put out patents for something where you could actually train with a lightsaber. Okay. So I know that was something. So, yeah. So, I mean, you had your own rooms. Everyone hung out together. You got on board together and you would leave just like a cruise ship. Um, If you went off to the sides of the decks, you could actually watch the stars go by and time pass and and it was supposed to be intergalactic cruise, um, kind of like if you saw uh, what's that movie by Luc Besson uh, with Bruce Willis and Mila Jovanovich, mm. oh. The Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of like a space cruise, but two things have happened since then. A, no one wants to go on the cruise anymore. Right? Oh God, I can't even imagine like. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to go on a cruise anymore because uh, of the pandemic. And the second thing is, no one wants to go to a hotel either, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, um, apparently, um, the articles I've been reading is that Disney World, the, the Star Wars Hotel, are still a priority. Um, and they are developing, as, developing and building them as quickly as possible. Wow. They're still doing it. Maybe when they open it up, it will be 50% capacity to keep things safer. Um, it'd be very interesting to see what they're going to do with that. I think it all depends on their um, their filtration systems. You know, like that's one thing that I think we've been hearing a lot of lately is that 
outdoors right now is the safest because there's so much airflow. There's fresh air constantly. But if you're indoors, you have to have some way of recycle, not recycling that air, but having the air um, like move. So this way it's not just like potentially contaminated air that's just like sitting there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's going to be interesting to see if they maybe had one type of filtration system and now they're going to try something different. Or okay, maybe they I, already thought about that. I don't know. Can I scare the bejesus out of you for a second? Sure. Um, in Asia, there was one restaurant that they found, apparently there was someone who was sick and multiple people got sick from them in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they found out what had happened was the person who was at a table who was sick was the furthest away from the vent return to the air conditioning system. And so when he sneezed or coughed, I'm sorry, probably coughed, it actually went through the whole restaurant. It had the air had to go through the whole restaurant past like six or eight tables to get to the vent return. And it caused everyone at the next four or five tables to get sick, four, five, six, eight tables to get sick as well. So if you don't, even if you does have lots of ventilation, you need to have the ventilation go the right direction because yeah. one person could it actually could spread. In other words, for lack of better words, if someone farts in the wind and, <laughs> and it, it, just, it will catch it, go through the whole, whole place, and everyone can smell it. You know? Oh my goodness! Oh my Sorry. That's why outside it dissipates so quickly because it yeah. goes everywhere, right? Yeah. Right. So, okay. Enough enough living in fear. Let's talk about something. <laughs> well, so like, wait, I want to go back to that one more time really quick, though, because I don't know when they first announced this whole like, it sounds like a really cool experience. It sounds like you are even more living your best Star Wars life than you can when you're on Batu. But at the same time, I don't know if I'd be able to handle not seeing natural sunlight. I was going to say, yeah, that's a weird concept. Yeah. Actually, it's a, I'm sorry. I thought it was longer, but apparently it's supposed to be an immersive two day and two two night two day huh. thing. Yeah, I thought that was going to be longer too. I That's thought weird. it was up to a week. Um I'm obviously incorrect. But it's supposed to be almost like an experience. Yeah. Not, you know, it's it's like an experience and they have I think arcades and all those types of things as well. Hmm. Okay. So, I'm less Less now that it's just two days, it's not as concerning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're but kind of was, already doing that right now, honestly, by being indoors so much. But but it's so. I mean, as I recall, it was so expensive. That's right. That's right. I mean, it was. It cost just as much as going on a fairly expensive cruise. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I would do that. And then I saw the prices. Like, oh, maybe yeah, I can hold off. <laughs> Yeah, I think now it's also going to be a matter of, okay, once it finally opens up, see how many people get sick. And then maybe, maybe not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick sponsor break and then we're going to be right back with more topics. Main Street UCI is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education, a U.S. News Top 10 public university. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. 
With over 60 professional certificate programs, we've helped over a quarter million students meet their career goals, and we can help you meet yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big, take risks, be amazing. Welcome back, everyone. So kind of along the same lines as Zen, I want to talk about Star Wars too. And Yay. I want to talk about the fact that there was an interview a couple days ago, as of this recording, um, on Jimmy Kimmel Live, where Josh Gad was interviewing Daisy Ridley. And it came out that there was a long, long time where they were trying to figure out who Ray's relatives were going to be. And at one point, Obi-Wan Kenobi came up and I guess it sounds like from what she was saying that even when they were filming the final episode of this trilogy, they still really did not know oh who her family was going to be. <laughs> what? <laughs> so weird. I mean, Express. Don't you think you should write the story if you were filming it? But Right. Okay. And that's, I think that's the thing that has everyone kind of frustrated because when nine came out, a lot of people kind of suspected like, oh, weird, we're hearing rumors that this was supposed to happen instead. And there were lines that got re-recorded and blah, blah, blah. And I think Disney tried to do a lot of damage control by having writers come out and say like, oh, no, no, you know, we we went through a lot of different ideas. But really, like, we, we already had all this planned out. It was totally fine, guys. And then Daisy Ridley goes and she has goes this interview. To them. <laughs> right? Yikes. So... Yeah. Yeah, the the end of a story that has been beloved for you know decades, and the final one, and and they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. It sounds like. Well, could she be the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine and the daughter of of Obi Wan? Uh, hmm. in theory, right? In theory, yeah. <laughs> If but Palpatine would have had to have a daughter, or yeah, unless it was like Obi Wan somehow his hooked sister. up with Obi Wan, yeah, <laughs> or maybe Obi Wan's related to Palpatine. Who knew? Right. <laughs> I feel like a lot of, um, wow, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, it's just it's kind of sad to think that here's this beloved story that has gone on for so many movies now and the final one and they're still like they're in the process of filming and no Question one has mark. anything nailed down yeah, yeah. Have, have you okay so jj abrams did star wars mm -hmm. the last three have you ever seen lost the television series parts of it parts yeah bits and pieces they just made that stuff up as they went along. I Every heard it was a hot mess. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? It, it, like the first season, it looked like they were going to try to do something and they had an overarching um, storyline. No, apparently every season they were making it up as they went along. And then sometimes they would solve a problem and then sometimes they created problems and then there was, or, or like solve a mystery or a question. And then some of them were never actually answered. And then I think one season, I mean, I was a, I was an avid watcher of it. It's like, Oh my God, this is going to come to a culmination. And they thought this through and this is going to be something amazing. Mm -hmm. And then 
like one season they didn't apparently they didn't know what they're going to do so they brought in like six new or seven new characters who were in the plane crash but on the other side of the island that no one knew about so they started following uh. that set of group and then the way they solved it was um was deus ex um which is essentially d-e-u-d-e-u-s-e-x um, mckenna or which is essentially in the old plays was god in the machine and oh. god in the machine is when you create a play and you don't know how to solve it what you do is you have god come down from the skies and solve everything oh interesting and, <laughs> and the machine part was the way they did it in the old plays was they would have some guy actually hung from a wire and someone with a crank mm-hmm. so it's god in the machine so the crank was the machine lowering god to solve your problems well in the last episodes of of lost they actually did that it's like it was like two guys gods playing chess oh interesting i mean it was just like oh my freaking gosh i mean you're killing me here guys you know they they literally manifested itself by bringing two gods playing chess because they could not clean up their mess and it sounds like that's what they did with the star wars too (laughs) right which i mean like okay if you have a tv series but in a way, that's kind of interesting because it, it gives you so much more creative freedom. You're not, you know, tied down to a set of rules that you have to follow per se, you know. But for this, it's like you only have three movies to tell a story, you know. I mean, and at worst, not and at best, maybe nine hours to tell that story. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you have to have a plan. Otherwise, it turns into this, <laughs> you know. So it just. And it did. Uh. <laughs> It just it reopened old wounds and people were like, what the hell? Why? <laughs> I like the, the thing that really bothers a lot of people from what I've been reading is how are they able to do such a good job with Marvel? And then here you have Star Wars and it's like, what's the problem here? You know, you did a good job with Marvel. Why can't you do the same thing with Star Wars? I don't because know. Marvel was set was actually started by a, a separate company. Mm-hmm. So it's just like Pixar. How come Pixar could do such great movies, but they've been having a hard time doing Disney films? It's because uh. Pixar was a separate entity. They were doing their own thing. Then Disney acquired them because they were doing such a great job. And then they absorbed a lot of that, uh, you know, absorbed a lot of the mojo and put it into their films because they spread all those um, executives throughout actually even into the parks right yeah. but with star wars well star wars was kind of a hot mess already true <laughs> they purchased the ip but they didn't really have the creatives that to go along with it hmm. marvel was actually running a bunch it didn't have a ton of movies out but they already had a couple of movies that were hits with a lot of good creatives so they purchased it brought it in house and then they just continued on what they started i think Hmm. So it was already an existing product that was successful, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas, like, Lucasfilm was kind of like, it had already completed the the, the two Star Wars trilogies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they would have to start from scratch in a sense. Like, they'd just have to create it on their own. That makes sense. Yeah. It's sad that they weren't able to, you know, keep the keep just a just a straightforward storyline right yeah so 
Okay. I wanted to ask Jennifer, this is very um, Star Wars related and only slightly related to Disney, uh, in the fact that Salt and Straw is <laughs> in downtown Disney. Uh, but I don't know if you mentioned on while recording, but Jennifer ordered the new Salt and Straw Vegan Indulgence like ice cream yes. pack. And I just want to know how it tastes. <laughs> it was really flavors. good. So basically... To do like a quick recap, um, so my husband is lactose intolerant. So for years and years, we've had a really hard time finding really good ice cream. Um, you know, a lot of ice cream places will have like one or two flavors of some kind of sorbet or something, but that's about it. So if, um, you know, like a lot of times either like you'd have to almost like Frankenstein your own ice cream back in the day like you'd have to get like some kind of lactose free vanilla and then like add flavors to it and remix it or something or you're just kind of stuck with whatever you can get but salt and straw does a really really great job of creating vegan flavors and they use different things like coconut milk and um sometimes like different uh like nut bases to give you that same sense of of ice cream but without the lactose. So um, Salt and Straw came out with a whole pack of flavors that were just vegan. And so <laughs> my husband was very excited. And he was like, okay, I know it's a lot of money usually to have this stuff sent to you. But can we please, please do this? It's so many different flavors. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Please can we do this? So I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we actually, we ended up getting that and we ended up getting a few more that, um, I kind of split with my parents then. So we, we made it count, you know, like yes. to have it actually delivered. And I think, yeah, I think one of the previous episodes, the doorbell rang and it was the salt and straw. Um, but what they do is they package it in a cardboard box and the cardboard box is surrounded by um, dry ice and it slowly melts so that this way, by the time you get it, which is only like a couple days later, it's still in good shape. So you just take the pints out, you stick them in the freezer, and they taste the same. Like, they're not damaged in any way, which is great. So, um, but so far, my husband has been thoroughly enjoying each of the different flavors. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe we can't go to Disneyland, and, and we don't really want to risk going down to downtown Disney right now. Um, so it's a nice way to bring that's fun to your door, I guess. Yeah. So for perfect clarity, I actually had to look this up afterwards because I was curious was that essentially you did not Uber eat this. You went to the corporate headquarters and they shipped it to you from the right. co corporate headquarters, not the little stand that's actually at downtown Disney. Right. It comes from Portland, Oregon. Wow. That's yeah. so fascinating. Which made me kind of scared because I was like, okay, that's pretty far. How is this going to work? And right? yeah, but it, it came totally fine. No damage. And in fact, I think you can also get some kind of like insurance or something. So <laughs> just in case it gets lost or damaged in any way, then you're good or to go. Or if it's 110 heat like we've been having the last right? couple of weeks. <laughs> that was the other thing. I was like, oh, great. We're having it delivered when it's so hot outside. This is going to be magical. So... <laughs> Yeah. It will be ice soup. Right? It will be cream soup. 
I think my husband would still eat it, even if it was ice cream soup. He'd be like, yes, this is amazing. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's nodding at me like, yes. Do you or does, does your husband have a favorite flavor particularly from them? Um, I think the strawberry. There's like a strawberry. What is it? Is it strawberry coconut water? Is that it? Yeah. Ooh, that sounds very that refreshing. It is. It's super refreshing. Um, the strawberry flavor comes through really nicely. I think there was like a there's like a berry and peanut butter kind of one. Um, there was like a mint chocolate chip one, which I think is one of the usual ones that they have. Um, there's some kind of like what other ones did they have? <laughs> he can't remember either. He's like <laughs> chocolate hazelnut. Yeah. Goodness. Just goodness, he says. Yes, I agree. I love salt and straw. They're so, they're amazing, man. It's so worth, because um, this is going so off topic on Disney, but um, my I went to, I was in LA a couple of weeks back and we, my mom and I happened to walk past the salt and straw and it was super, super hot. So I was like, let's get some ice cream. And I paid and I treated her and she goes, how much is this cup of ice cream? And I'm like, seven fifty. <laughs> and she goes, oh my God, why'd you pay so much money for ice cream? And I'm like, just taste it. And she was like, yes, I can see how this is seven fifty. This is right. <laughs> it's it's yeah, one of those wow. things like maybe you don't do it all the time, but when you do do it, it really makes a difference. Yeah. You know, I was trying to explain this phenomenon to my mom who's in her 80s. And it's just kind of like. Um, like the gourmet donut, yeah. the idea mm-hmm. of the gourmet donut. And even when I first had a gourmet donut, it's like, that's a $5 donut. And not it's not a $5 donut. It's a $5 cake that happens to be in the shape of a circle. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like a $5 luxurious cake that just happens to be in the shape of a circle. And it's just like, that's the type of thing. It's like when you hear $7, Seven dollars. That should be. You should be able to get a gallon of right. vanilla ice cream. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but it's a, just a different level. It's gourmet. It's affordable luxury. Yeah, and they do so many creative flavors. I think now they just released some new apple flavors, and I think the vegan one is some kind of apple cider. Yeah, and it's always nice because with their new flavors, they always have at least one vegan option. Yeah, so very exclusive. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but back to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to Disney. It's as close. That works. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just watched, I was browsing on Disney Plus uh, a couple days ago, and I just wanted to throw something on that didn't I didn't have to like pay attention to, but was something new that I hadn't watched. And I watched Three Men and a Baby. Oh. Have you guys seen that or heard of it? it was- I've oh, heard yeah. of it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh my gosh. So cute. It's like so um, comedically. It's, I was trying to explain it to my friend, and I'm like, it's kind of like got a home alone feel to it, but with like the two, there's like these um, like gangsters that they have to like pay back or something like that. Oh, snap. But then it's also got like that funny, there's three bachelor guys trying to take care of this like newborn baby girl and they have no idea what they're doing. Which um, that alone is that alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So like it was so good. And then it took this weird twist into like, like gangsters and the police. And I was like, what is happening? But it just <laughs> stayed. It was, it was just like an all around like good, 
like a feel good movie, not feel good, but just like comedic good movie that was so enjoyable. <laughs> and it's got Tom Selleck. Um, what's his name? I Ted Danson. Ted from Danson from Cheers. Oh yes, yeah. And also, I just wa- finished watching um, The Good Place which is not Disney, but it's a TV show that Ted Danson's also on. And I was like, why does his face look so familiar um, in the Three Men and a Baby? Because yeah. he's so much younger, obviously, then than he is now. <laughs> so. When when this that movie came out, um, Tom Selleck, um, Ted Danson, and the last guy was Steve Gutenberg. Oh, um, yeah. Um, but at I least Tom him. Selleck and Ted Danson were at the top of their careers. I mean, mm-hmm. they were just the hottest properties. I mean, I think Tom Selleck is still fairly valuable, and but they were just like everyone wanted them in their productions. So I remember and, Steve Gutenberg from um, uh, Short Circuit. Yeah, he did like um, comedies, lighthearted yeah. comedies at the time, and he was hot too. But you know, I think Tom Selleck and uh, Ted Danson were kind of like. Oh, they're kind of semi heartthrobs too. Heartthrob actors. Yeah. So, and okay, here's the weirdo trivia here. What, what, who directed the movie? Oh, I don't know. No clue. Leonard Nimoy. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. I remember now when I was, I was like watching the, not the credits, but you know, like the, the pre, when they're like going the, through yeah. that. And I kept seeing, I was like, Leonard Nimoy, what? That's uh, <laughs> no, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. I I watched it. I mean, but once again, that's. I think I was a teenager when that movie came out. I, wow. That's how long ago it was. So that's my recent to watch. Okay, now that makes me want to watch it because <laughs> I think it's one of those ones where I remember I don't know, like seeing it a lot at Blockbuster. And that kind of thing where it was, it was one of What's those movies where, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you had those movies that I were classics and, and then yes. it's like, oh, well, I'll eventually get around to watching that. And then I just never have. So, yeah. Yeah. And now that, that makes me want to watch it. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And it's not it's a- hard to follow at all. So that's why I was like, this is a good, I, I made a good choice. <laughs> nice. It's, it's- you know, it's you don't find these movies too many more, much anymore, but it's just kind of like I don't want to call it a throwaway film, but it's just like a lighthearted film that you can watch and you're just thoroughly entertained and you're charmed afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be too serious. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to have gravitas. But at the end of two and a half hours or two hours or ninety minutes or whatever it is, you're just like, I was thoroughly entertained and I'm happy right now. Yeah, I wish there was more of those type of films still. I do too. Yeah, it's like every film is trying to be a little too deep, a little too. Oh, I'm an Oscar contender for sure. You know, <laughs> and it's like, do you have to be? Can you just be like lighthearted fun? Yeah, yes. especially right now, I feel like we need a lot more movies that are that way. Because, but I can't you know. watch Bill and Ted at the theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which I heard was an amazing film. I don't know. I can't. I guess I could rent it. I think you can rent it. I think so. I keep seeing like ads for it pop up here and there. So maybe you can. Yeah. I don't know. I think you can rent it, but already. But anyways, it's definitely at the theater. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm seeing like new ads pop up for I think Tenet is the first one that's kind of 
announcing that, hey, we're in theaters. And it's like, that's cool. I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) What a concept. A theater at this time of day. Um, Right? Has anyone watched Mulan yet? Or are you guys holding off? I have seen it. You Ooh, have. What did you think? Okay, what did you think? Yes. I thought it was worth every penny of the $30 we paid. Ooh. Oh, that's such a good review. Yeah. Okay. So I will not reveal any details. I will try to talk about it in sweeping, sweeping <laughs> gestures. Um. One thing is it is very, very, very different from the animated uh, Disney film. It's and more like the ballad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's more, I think it's a little bit, it's more true to the original story. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Mushu didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, however, um, I forget the name of the actress who did the voice of Mulan. But she oh. made a little cameo. She had a cameo in it. So it was really nice to see her in the cameo. Um, The action scenes were amazing. Um, You know what? I actually, you know, I was talking about those kind of films that is kind of fun to watch and is charming. This is that film. It's, it's a little bit deeper than that. It's a little bit more serious than that. But when you watch, it's just like, I was thoroughly entertained for whatever the two hours that we watched it. Um, My 10 year old daughter, loved it as well we we just all watched it and we're just like wow that was great you know i don't think it's like an oscar contender i don't think it's like it wasn't you know super deep but Mm -hmm. it was just a great film to watch and it was a lot of fun to watch so we really thoroughly enjoyed it nice okay Um, i'm I'm gonna eventually watch it you're gonna wait till december i don't think i'm gonna wait till december but it's just that um you know Right now, I, I have chores that I need to do, and then I will eventually watch it. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I actually you, watched it too. Oh, oh okay, really? okay. Yeah. What, what was Man, your thought? I'm sorry. Times here. Okay. Um, I will. I too will not try to give any. I, I won't try to give any spoilers. Uh, I enjoyed it definitely, and like Zen said, it's not necessarily like an Oscar contender or anything by means of that. But I definitely enjoyed watching it i think the live actionness of it made the whole like mulan taking her the place of her father in the war definitely made it a lot more real and like it hit home a lot harder because you can see they're real people now Mm -hmm. um and her trying to like um blend in with like the the army the training camp that was definitely like that made me nervous because I was like, oh, my God, what if I was, like, a woman, like, pretending to be a man in this men camp and, like, every day is, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There's I really, kind of a running gag of how she gets away with yes, it, Yes. I do. I appreciated, um, like, how real that felt. But also, like, the whole Disney magic. Like, they have – they sprinkle Disney magic and little things yeah. all over the place, um, mm. which was fun. So, I enjoyed it. Nice. Okay. So you enjoyed it too? Yeah. yeah. I want, I'm not over. I'm not overselling it. No, no, no. Okay. I've heard good things, like you know, from the little bits and pieces I've heard from people who've watched it. So this just kind of solidifies it for me. So yeah, I'm not gonna wait till December. I just need to find <laughs> the time to actually do it. And I will say, of the Disney films that are adapted 
from a cartoon into live action. Um, I might actually go as far out on the limb as saying this may be my favorite of them. Ooh, Ooh, I think so too. Actually, I was thinking about that, like because Disney has made so many live action adaptations. Um, this one, like usually, at least like the animal sentiment, like Lion King. Uh, it was like a direct, almost like exactly what the animation was, except now it's like anim- like real life, quote unquote, animals. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't anything different. So I really appreciated that of Mulan, that it wasn't like, this is exactly what happened in the animation, except now there's real people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like quite often the, anim- like when you watch the live action versions of the cartoons, like uh, Cinderella, for example, mm-hmm. it feels like the animation is the cliff cliff's notes version if if you didn't know they were made, let's say they were made at the same time oh the animation that's the cliff's notes of simplified version for kids and then the live action is what the original one was i mean mm-hmm. you might make that mistake um but this mulan is not it's not the elaborate version of the movie it's it's quite it's quite different you know it's its own thing and it's i i i you know, once again, I think this may be my favorite of the movies. Nice. Okay, yeah. that's also kind of what I've been hearing. Like, I watched one review, I think it was um, by Mr. Cheesy Pop on YouTube, and he was saying that Cinderella live action is kind of his ultimate favorite, but this one would be, like, number two. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's I was going to say Cinderella is my number two, so. Yeah. It's See, okay, okay. My- it's, it's, uh, it's up there. I, st- I, ooh, I also tried to start watching the Cinderella live action this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really sad because it always is in the beginning. <laughs> so I, yeah. haven't, I haven't gone through that part yet. But It I'm gets excited. better. It gets really good. Like, Because yeah. Cinderella, I think up to this point, because I haven't seen Mulan, Cinderella has always been my favorite of the live actions. But So that kind of makes me feel good, too, knowing that you guys like the Cinderella one also. So I think yeah. Cinderella, like I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Maybe this weekend I'll have to find some time to watch it. And then you can give your own review. Yes. (laughs) Like it was amazing. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that's what we have on our minds this week for Water Cooler Talk. So let us know what your thoughts are and if you have any topics that you think we should talk about when we do this again. But for now, that does it for this episode of Main Street UCI. Thank you for listening, and be sure to check out our previous episodes at ce.uci.edu slash podcast. And don't forget that you can also find us on our Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at Main Street UCI. Don't forget to send us your questions and requests. We love to hear from you. And thanks to again, <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Thanks again to our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education. Find their career-boosting courses at ce.uci.edu. Once again, ce.uci.edu. And with that, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.